Three, two. Everyone and welcome to this Deletion with Weekly Live Stream. I am your host, Garthon Alex Marsh. And with me as always is Brett Heathen Dog Grisser. Hey Brett, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Doing pretty good. Everything's going reasonably well. Nothing to complain about, at least nothing uh not uncorrect more. There you go. Good stuff. Well, I didn't get a chance to read any of the comics that, that, that you pulled this week, so all of your revelations are going to be brand new and surprising to me. Well, that's just fine. And I didn't exactly give you a lot of notice, you know? That's okay. All right, so let's go on this week, see what we're going to be talking about. We have Heathen Dog's Heathen Dog with a Shadowrun Extravaganza of Excitement, talking about his favorite archetypes. Uh, in Gotham's Cowboy, we're talking to Superman going to be talking about a few other books and we'll see how that goes and then random numbers here talking random things going on in our brain stems flowing out to you this very moment of time oh and i got a whole lot with that one of course the time they're flowing and the time you receive them might be different so you never know what impact it will have on different time streams just saying so first up without any further ado let's get on to the disclaimer the opinions expressed. I said, I said, I said bra. <laughs> the opinions expressed in the episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. While we do make an effort to provide a family-friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasions of foul or even offensive language. Thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. Do you feel safer now? I do. I, do. I mean, I, I feel that even if I do mess up. When, when, when I go into my RNG rant, my hate-filled rant, that uh, people will forgive me because of this disclaimer. That's okay. I'm full of love this week. All I have is love. Love for the universe, my friends. That's all I got. I'm standing for you. That's right. I am like that band who said that song about love. And it was what they got. It's all you need? It's all you need? Sure. Why not? Whatever band did that okay. song about loving. <laughs> uh, a, I believe that more than one band might have done a song about I think love. I think so. I think so. The love is pretty pervasive in the in the whole uh, lyrical spheres, you know. I mean, strangely gets enough. Around. Strangely enough. All right. With that, with love in mind, I bring you all more information about us. Ah, another teaser. Okay. So first, you can always check us out more on YouTube. We have a lot of things going on. We have streams uh, and shows posted to YouTube every single day of the week. So check it out. Uh, we also have Twitch streaming every single day of the week at twitch.tv slash LegionMyth. Check us out on Reddit, reddit.com slash Myth for our subreddit. Big, exciting things there. Uh, also on Facebook, check us out, facebook.com slash Uh You can message us and send us at the tweets at the Legion of Myth at whatever you got. We will take it. We'll retweet stuff. You can retweet us. It'll, we'll have a tweet fest. It'll be great. I heard the kids like the tweets. They do, they do. They, they love them to death. Actually, from what I've seen, the kids don't like the tweets like they used to. Maybe the, the kids who are older still like the tweets, but the kids who are coming into being older do not like the tweets. Like something else? 
Well, I'm just saying, it might be like a, a mini... There are mini generations of every four years, and it might be that the mini generation who was into Twitter is moving on, and they're being supplanted by younger generations who just think Twitter is dumb. Just saying. Because Twitter okay. stock has gone down pretty hard, and they're having a slump in usership. That's unfortunate. Yes. Yes, especially for Twitter. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, people of Earth, all the ships at sea, and everyone who's cowering next to their transistor radios, hoping to live another day, I give you that which gives you reason to live. He's like shattering extravagance of excitement. Based on first and second edition rules. And that is that is no no less a caveat for, for this episode than any other, because I know that they retooled my favorites. They retooled them big. But uh, what I got here is what I love, what I like, and I, I play every chance I get. It's either a physical adept or a mage. Now, the reason I like the physical adept is because it has the Earth Dawn feel. I mean, that's, the, that's what Earth Dawn, uh, Earth Dawn characters are. They're all, they're all adepts. You know, and a physical adept uses his magic. He has a magic rating just like a mage. Starts off at six. But he channels all that power instead of uh, bringing astral energy through his body and then pushing it out to create a magical effect like a mage does, he, push, he pushes it into his body to, to augment his body in some way. I love it. And the cool thing about this is, unlike a cyber samurai, power doesn't equal money. You don't have to be rich. It's natural talent. That's what this is. You just got it. And in, the, in, your, character, in your character creation, which I will go into, you can put it wherever you want it. doesn't cost you a dime. Now we'll go with mage. Now, unlike a shaman, a mage needs a little planning. All right, he needs to know, he needs to know what kind of foe he's going to be up against, or or possibly what kind of situations he's going to be in. Because if you give him a little bit of time to plan it out, it's like Hannibal. <laughs> you you give him five minutes, he's good. You give him an hour, he's unbeatable. That's exactly what a mage is. You give him an hour, he'll have that stuff planned out to a T. When the plan fails, he'll have plan B. When the plan B fails, he'll have a plan C. It's great. And mages, when, when, when I see you, you read that and you see it never alone. What I mean is a shaman can snap his fingers and bring up a spirit, which is great. It's great. A mage can snap his fingers and suddenly six spirits materialize around him. And you're like, what? Oh, I thought you went never alone that, in that, you know, he always needs a friend nearby. No, no, he doesn't, he doesn't need anyone. He, he has he self-confidence can summon, issues. Yeah, he, can, he can summon his friends. See, uh, a, a mage... Uh, I'm sorry, a shaman can summon elementals for rounds. They will last rounds of successes. Okay. Let's say you get uh, in, in first and second edition rules, you, you roll summoning and you get seven successes. You divide that between the power of the spirit and the number of rounds that you want him to be around. So let's say you don't need him to do much, maybe lift some heavy boxes. He's just, he only wanted uh, for a force of two, strength of two. So you can have him around for five rounds. With a mage, it takes longer to summon. It takes it takes a summoning ritual. It takes all that stuff, but his his successes are measured in days, not not rounds. Days. He can he can have he can have a, an elemental in reserve for so long, and he can have as many elementals in reserve equal to his charisma attribute. It's great. That could be pretty stuff. sizable. <laughs> yes, it can. You snap your fingers and you have an instant party. It's great. But let's let's take a longer look at the physical adept. You know, what's so good about it? I mean, well, Bruce Lee, 
if if physical adapts were real, Bruce Lee would be the one everyone knows. One inch punch, come on, man, that's magic. Give me a break. Have you have you seen that video? Well, yeah, he's using his chi powers, man. Exactly. He's using he's the physical adept. He's using magic channeling through his body to to you know increase his strength. And uh, speaking of that, uh, ch- channeling to in- increase your strength, increase your your quickness, in- increase your your body. Uh, the, these are the only physical things, but mind you, they, they can't increace intelligence. Uh, naturally, naturally, that, they'd be more like a mental adept then. Exactly, exactly. These are these are physical adepts, but you can break racial limits with this stuff too. So uh, the a human a human's racial limit on any stat is a six. Well, a physical adept he pumps some magic points into it. He can go into a seven or eight, which is pretty so, cool. Yeah, same thing with quickness. Same thing with body. Now, when uh, when you when you read that street samurai light, this like out of the out of the gate, a street samurai is physically stronger, faster, and a little and a little more able than if, out if they of, paid to be. Yeah, but they had to pay that you know you know uh, half a million new yen to get that way. All right, so mm, there you go, right out of the gate. But over time. Just like a mage, a physical adept can do what's called initiate. He can actually increase his magical attribute. And with that brings more powers. He can allocate more magic to either strengthen the powers he already has or get all new ones. That sounds pretty good. And one of those new new uh, powers, uh, one, one of the powers he has, which uh, I, I didn't use in my initial build, but I always get when I initiate over over the course of a, of a gameplay, is called pain resistance. You get pain resistance, you are immune to certain levels of pain. Like you still take the damage, but you don't get any minuses for it. Now in first, yeah, in first and second edition, uh, the the way they do damage is they have ten. They have 10 boxes of physical damage, 10 boxes of mental damage. You fill up on physical boxes, you die. You fill up on mental boxes, you go unconscious. If you have one box filled in, you're a minus one, uh, you're minus one to your initiative and you are plus one to all your target numbers. Everything you do gets harder and, and everything you try to do becomes slower. Even one point of pain resistance negates that. And, and uh, one point of pain resistance costs 0.25 magic. So with one magic point, he can, he can ignore four out of the ten boxes. So he gets no minuses until he's halfway dead. That's yeah, some good that's stuff. That's pretty impressive. Exactly. Now, let, let, let's go to my four-minute build. Last time I did a four-minute samurai build, this is my four. And I did a four-minute made. I did a four-minute uh, shaman build. This is my four-minute adept build here we go now i always like to take astral perception it is the most expensive power in the game but uh without it you will not be able to harm spirits all right because you can't see them when you astrally perceive them then you can harm them with the killing hands which i'm going to get to so it costs two points but if you don't want to spend it you, you can get pain resistance out of the bat you can increase your other stuff but i'm just saying what i like to do and then attribute increase all right, I, I decided that uh, my 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 guy during build he has a he has a four strength, three quickness, and a three body. Well, I wanted to give him maximum human strength because he's a human. So, if you're under or or up till your racial maximum, it costs zero point five magic per attribute increase. So I gave him a plus two. I gave him up to a six. Make a strength six, and then automatic successes. This is why an adept is so dangerous. They can they can actually get before they roll, 
they he already has a success before he even rolls he's already got one dang exactly you can get automatic successes in arm combat unarmed combat stealth and athletics armed and unarmed are one magic point of pop stealth and athletics are one half 0.5 so you can get more that's why ninjas are so ninja-y because they ninja the stuff exactly they they spent two points instead of astral perception they spent two points into into automatic successes for stealth that gives them four auto successes in stealth yeah okay yeah yeah find him sure yeah no you're not going to find that guy he's gone all right now now we now we get to the killing hands now the uh, killing hands again there are levels uh light medium severe and deadly light is half point of magic medium is one and so on and so forth i chose medium because i didn't want to blow it all i needed increased reflexes at the end but killing hands is important because it links with astral perception now normally uh, a spirit or an elemental is immune to mundane attacks bullets knives swords punches you're not really punching him with your fist you're not really uh cutting in with a knife you're using your will instead of your strength so samurai versus versus spirit spirit's probably going to win because the, the 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 samurais he's he's punching with will and not strength but killing hands is a magical attack it has full effect and if you have astral perception you can punch a spirit that is not manifest it's invisible to everyone else you blink a little bit you see him you use killing hands you punch him dead dang Yes. Before he even manifests and able to mess with you, you've already killed him. Or if you got a spirit following you, you turn around, boom, you punch him. He's dead. It's great. Now, I just find it entertaining oh, to punch spirits. I don't know why. And plus, uh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, the uh, the really really cheesy movie about uh, oh man about the uh, glowing hands. Uh, it had the uh, show enough, the uh, Shogun of Harlem. Oh, are you talking about the Last Dragon? The the uh, it wasn't the Last Dragon. Okay, yes, yes. Uh, uh, show enough. If it, hey, as a matter of fact, if you can find it on Netflix or Hulu, go ahead and watch it. You'll have a ball. Don't tell them when you watch it because it's a guilty pleasure. That but he was awesome. He, exactly. He was so skilled in martial arts that his hands glowed red. When he, That's because he, he had like, the, the glow or the touch or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at, at the end, the, the the main guy got got the glow all around his body. So even his hands, his head, his feet, they they would all do this extra damage. Killing hands does physical damage. Normally, punching someone does mental damage. You're filling the mental box. Killing hands is an energy attack. It blo- when you hit someone, it blows magic at them, and it does physical actual damage. Now, increased reflexes, not as strong as 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 the cyber version. But it gives you a plus one to your reaction, and it gives you a plus one D6 to your initiative, which is good. And like I said, over time, you're going you're gonna to outpace the samurai, because while your attribute can go up and up and up and up, essence is locked at six. You can't go to zero. You can't go below zero if you're a player character. You're done. You get that cyberware, and that's it. Maybe you can upgrade, but going under the knife is dangerous, but the, but the adept... Is going to keep getting better and better and better. Now we're going to go on to for the you know the bad part. Like I said, you are not going to be Superman out of the box. You're 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 not going to have that street samurai feel. You know, like 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 you can take on a whole room of dudes and not even break a sweat. With the out of the box uh, physical adept, you can take all you can take a whole room of uh, of thugs 
without breaking a sweat. But a whole room of actual uh, corp guards or runners or stuff like that. Anyone who yeah. knows what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. And, and anyone, anyone with the, with some similar skill sets, then it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. Like it takes time, like I said, to increase your magic attribute, to gain more power, stuff like that. And for and for a physical adept, skills are very important. I mean, the athletics, the unarmed combat, armed combat, the stealth, all that's very important. Uh, um, you're, you're going to have to take points in, in lots of different places that a, a samurai just is not because his tech is going to do it for him. And, and the thing, the thing with, uh, with a, uh, um, a physical adept, you're probably not going to be all that rich. I mean, why not? Just... You don't need to buy anything. No, no. What, but what, what you end up getting is, uh, uh, what, 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 almost everyone who doesn't spend all their money in character creation gets permanent residence. What that means is instead of having to pay, say a thousand new yen a month for a middle-class home, if you pay 10 times that amount, you're considered to have bought it and you, you need not pay a monthly maintenance for it, you know, oh, a monthly right. fee for it anymore. So what any, anyone, anyone who's anyone who has uh, uh, who bought, who has a high, a high lifestyle costs, costs 5,000 new yen a month. Okay, ten times that is fifty thousand. No, I'm sorry. No, it's a hundred times. I'm sorry. It's it's a hundred times, and you're considered bought it forever. So a hundred times is five hundred thousand, and boom, there you go. You got the high lifestyle. That 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 comes with a free car, by the way. That's nice. Yeah. So you don't have to buy a car. It comes with a free car. You also own a car now. State of the art security systems. You got a you got an in ground uh, infinity pool. You got uh, flat screen TVs everywhere. You've got hollow net. You've got the whole deal. I mean, it's 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 like uh, two two steps under Bill Gates' house, if you can imagine that. Then there you go. All right. All right. So you really end up you end up being being poor. I mean, just 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 because you know you have to buy all the armor and uh, and the the really good bow staff, not 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 the regular kind. And and uh, you you will we will probably spend a whole lot of money on a weapon focus, which uh, which is the only the only magical item a physical adept can use. It actually increases his uh, armed combat. It's, it's pretty it's pretty cool. But yeah, anyway, cool. yeah. But it is also the most expensive focus in the game, so you're gonna spend money on that too. So. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, it, it, it's really easy to sink money. Now, uh, we're gonna go to the mage. Mage, I love this guy because with uh, uh, with with your good good spell allocation, you can do anything. The shaman for that, the shaman that's true as well. It's for, it's it's true for the mage. It's true for the shaman. If you get the right spells, the right the right combination of spells, uh, if 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 you make if you make yourself not a jack of all trades, but a master of three. You can pretty much walk around and be fine. But unlike the shaman, you can have lots of spirits. Like I said, snap your fingers. You've got six friends who just appeared. Now, if you want a spirit following you around all the time in astral space, uh, your, your, your successes go from uh, he can, you can stay around to successes equals in days to successes equals in hours. All right. But if you have him off in astral space somewhere and you snap your fingers, it's going to take him a certain amount of time to get to you. Maybe one, two, three, four, five rounds. But you can have him on standby for days. That's still right? kind of creepy having this guy following you around everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if someone senses astral. It's like, why do you have six fire spirits following you? Oh, no reason. Just, you know, I get cold. Yeah. Yeah, I get cold sometimes. Yeah. No, no, no. P people know you're up to no good if you got a spirit just behind you, just just for nothing. 
All right. And they have all around uh, strong, strong defenses, j j just like a shaman. As long as you can, you know, see it coming, you have, you have strong physical defenses, you have strong, you have strong magical, obviously strong magical defenses. And, and we're going to get to that into the four minute build. Oh, I, 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 I didn't take away the shaman part. I, I did change everything else. So I just didn't take away the shaman part. That sucked. So, uh, oh. fail. Restart the whole podcast. Uh, restart. Okay. Uh, pretend that says example mage. Now treat severe wounds. I kept because you're in a shadow run group. People getting shot at. Guess they what? They do get severely wounded. They do get severely wounded. So you are going to need to treat them. Okay. And if you wait more than an hour, treat doesn't work. You have to use the, a different spell called heal. But if you waited more than an hour, everything's gone super pear shaped and you got other things to worry about. Yeah, if they now, have severe wounds, you probably want to treat those quick anyway. Yeah, exactly. Severe wounds you want to treat really fast. Now, un unlike the shaman who would have moral reservations against things like this, the mage has, I, I gave him three, these three different spells, analyze truth, combat sense, and mind probe. Now, analyze truth is just exactly what it is. I mean, you, you, you someone says something, you roll against against their uh, um, their uh, resisting attribute, and if you come up with more successes, you can tell if they're lying or not. Really, really cool interrogation. Really nice. Sounds like exactly the kind of thing that would tick off a game master. Yes, it is. It is. Now, mind, mind probe, if, if someone is resisting analyzed truth, because truthfully, you only got it out of four, maybe maybe they're a tough cookie. So I took mind probe as a six. Now, mind probe is, is really cool. If you get one success, you can read their surface thoughts, what they're thinking at the moment. You get two successes, you can read their subconscious. All right? Like, uh and, and get and get more of an idea of what they're feeling. If you get three or more successes, you can actually step into their memories from an objective point of view. So uh, with with two successes, uh, you 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 get you get the image through his eyes, his uh, his lens, basically how he saw the moment. Cool. Maybe that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. But if you get three or more successes, you you can actually walk into the memory mentally where you're, you're looking at him doing what he's doing, but you're seeing it with your objectivity. So maybe you'll catch something that he missed. And combat sense, well, uh, a, a lot of people call that just uh, precognition. I mean, it, it, it allows you to, to react much faster. Uh, not, not, not samurai fast, but faster than a merc. Oh, yeah. That's you can pretty, get a lot of... Pretty fast. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, you want that. And then the the personal, physical, personal mana barrier and the regular mana barrier, all the same. Increase attribute, will and body. Though those those six right there, I take on any spellcaster, shaman or not. Uh, antidote, I just left that there because I didn't know what to do with the other two points. And power bolt and mana bolt, six each. Obvious deal. I, I I could have gone with the area effect version of both, but the drain on that is is tough. Now I'm going to remind everyone about, about drain for a second. When you push magic through your body, the more magic you push through it, the more chance it has to, to mess some stuff up on the way out. You know, burst blood vessel here, torn muscle fiber, uh, strained ligament. It has physical or mental repercussions on you. Now, the bigger the spell, the more damaging or, or the more all encompassing in range and duration, it has a higher drain resistance threshold. You have to roll more successes to resist this much higher drain 
and you have a less uh, less less likelihood to come out of that spell completely unscathed. So usually out of the gate with a major shaman, I like to do the one-on-one, -on -one. like power bolt and mana bolt affects only one person, pew pew, the drain is manageable. I have it at power of six to get as much dice as I can. I shoot mages with power bolts and I shoot samurai with mana bolts because power bolts are his physical attack and mana bolt is a mental attack. That's why again, heathen dogma tip, never dress as a mage. They'll always try and shoot you with the wrong thing. <laughs> well, yeah, you always uh, don't want to reveal your weakness too quickly. Yes, never dress as a mage and never dress as shaman. But it's in my character, man. Okay, fine. You want to role play character as a shaman with all the old doodads hanging off of you and the and the the the, the um, giant uh, teeth gauges in your ears and and uh, the fingers of your enemies or fingers of animal animals that, that, that your personal totem has asked you to kill hanging off your body, then great. That's, that's a great role playing hook. I love it. But just remember, you're going to, you're going to get a lot of power bolts for that. All right. <laughs> you're going, that's just how it works. Still, you're going to yeah, get a lot, yeah. you're going to get a lot of power bolts and a lot of bullets. Now the bad part of being a mage, just, just like the shaman. If you don't know an attack is coming, you are the squishiest. You 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 can be one shotted. Unlike unlike a merc, unlike a samurai, even even unlike a physical adept, you can get one shotted pretty easily if you don't know it's coming. And unlike a shaman, you need your preparation. You need hours to summon spirits, and you have to summon the right ones. Uh, fire spirits can help you can augment your combat spells. Water spirits augment your uh, mental and control spells. Air spirits augment invisibility, stuff like that. You know, you, you have to know what kind of environment you're going into for the proper prep. And it takes lots of study. A shaman, he communes with his animal guide and his totem spirit and for a number of hours, and boom, he's got a spell. Well, lucky you, buddy. Uh, the, the mage has to study for months with a, with a, with a, with his, uh, with his mystic library, studying, 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 trying different things, uh, di di different avenues, different, different formulae, different equations until finally he finds one that works and he, and he solidifies it in his spell book and boom, he's got a new spell. And like, I, like I said, here comes the human dogma. If you dress like a mage, you are going to be the first one shot. And rightly so. And rightly so. So don't dress like a mage. Don't do it. Oh, I want to look like Merlin. Number one, people are going to laugh at you. You're in, you in your stupid pointy hat with stars on it. Number two, while they're laughing, they're going to be they're going to be unloading clips in your specific direction. All right. Now yeah, well, the mage has got to go first. Yes, exactly. You always take out their magical support. Every every corp team knows that. So that's what's so never, ever dress like a mage. If you do, you are the first one done. Now, why do you want to play these archetypes? Well, it's easy. You, you, both of these guys are the long game. It's the start of a campaign you know is going to be three months, six months, eight months, maybe a year. You know there's going to be a lot of time. This isn't a one-shot game. This, this is going to be a long, over, overarching campaign over a, over a long time. That's yeah, where if you're going to play a one-shot play Street Samurai. Exactly. But, but these two, over time will easily outpace any other archetype in power and effect. Easy. They get so much better than them over time. And every group wants, every long game group wants one of these guys, probably even both. 
just because of that fact. Well, every, everyone wants magical support as a major shaman. Duh. Now, a, a physical addict, if you're playing a short campaign, people are going to be like, okay, you're not going to have a lot to do because after I go first, because obviously I'm going to go first because I'm the cyber samurai, I'm going to kill everybody, so or you'll have nothing to do. But about three months later, uh, when, the sabre, when, the, when the samurai draws his gun and points at somebody, uh, the, the addict is already punching somebody else. Like, what? When did that happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, his magic attribute increased, and he pumped more into his increased reflexes. That's what happens. And he became very, very dangerous. Exactly. But he doesn't have to look dangerous. If you're a chromed-out beast of a man, you look like you're trouble. You do. But if you're, if you're it's a— It's hard to get a home loan. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's really hard to get on a plane. It's really hard to get a license. Uh, the DMV is like, I don't think any of that's legal, you know, stuff like that. But uh, a, a mage and a physical addict, they look, look like dudes. They just look like dudes. They don't have to look dangerous. They're just guys. So they can go undercover. Unlike a street samurai, he can't go undercover. He's got dermal plating. That crap's obvious. You know, he's got, he's got, he's got chromed over eyes for crying out loud. Come on, man. You know, yeah. you can't go undercover. Sorry, buddy. Unless you're undercover as a, you know, a chromed out street samurai. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're undercover as a, a chromed out street samurai that just happens to not be yourself. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Great. But, but uh, uh, a shot, a, a mage, and a and a physical adept, they can look like anybody, really. Which is nice. Yeah. So that's it. That that is why I love these guys. That that is why I I play them on I play them in long campaigns whenever I can. Uh, and that's 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 the even dogma of that. Well, thank you very much. Certainly, uh, over the course of going through these archetypes, gave me a lot to think. Well, a lot to think, about and also made me think in a different way about a lot of these archetypes. Because uh, I was just, you know, Street Tower has always been one of my favorites. But it's nice considering, especially like physical adepts and things, and how they all work. Yes, yes. So like 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 I said, the the long game, the physical adept is king. He will be king. All right. Well, thank you very much, Heathen Dog. As always, you can watch Heathen Dog streams uh, when he streams Star Trek Online and also when he posts to YouTube playing Star Trek Online all throughout the week. You want to talk a little about that, Heathen Dog? Yes. Monday through Friday, you and I, we, uh, we, uh, we uh, drop a video every day uh, playing uh, Foundry Missions, the, the player-made content for Star Trek Online. Uh, so far, we've had some really good ones and we've had some meh ones. Couple of uh, a couple of them were uh, really? not complete stinkers, but you know. Yeah, not yeah. They smell a little bit. They they're going they're going bad. All right, but uh, for the for the the lion's share, I'd say overall it's been good. It's been good. I would agree. Well, thank you very much. Well, everyone, as always, thank you very much. And if you want to, I'll make sure to check out additional Legion of Myth videos on YouTube and Twitch. So let's move Oh, on. and I, I upload to Reddit every day as well. Oh, yeah, check that out. Engage yes. with the heathen dog on the Reddit. That's right. I sound hip Ooh, when yeah. I say the in front of everything. I know, right? It's nice. I do. I sound so so independently minded. Gonna go and you grow so with the times, burns. bro. I'm going to grow some giant set of mutton chops and get a bicycle with a big wheel in the front. Oh, yeah, man. Heck, yeah. 23 skidoo, son. <laughs> oh, I looked up what that meant once. I forgot what it means. Anyway, 2023 20, skidoo. Okay, never mind. Uh, I, I won't say it. I'll just I'll let, it, I'll let it pass. Well, you think were you going to say something dirty or say what it actually means? What it actually means. Go ahead.
23 skidoo is the same thing as as that's that's great well actually it refers you know, to it, an it, event it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It refers to an event, but it means that that that's that's a really great thing. It evolved right. over time uh, to the cat's meow in the '30s and the bee's knees, you know, stuff like that. Bee's knees, yeah. Later on, and now now we just say, hey, that was pretty cool. Yes, <laughs> the same thing. All right, let's go on to what we all want to hear. Yes, Garthon's comic poll. Garthon talks about three books this week, and the first book we are speaking of this week is. Luke Cage, number one. Yeah, he's punching a wall. Highly anticipated. Highly anticipated. I have an issue with this cover. Why? He's all right. He's punching through a wall, right? That's cool. Right, right. And there's like a guy like shooting at him. No, 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 no. That's two guys. That's a guy with a handgun and another guy with a shotgun. I really doubt that. uh... The the guy with the handgun is left-handed. No, no, no. no. If that's a left hand. Yes, that is a left hand. But if if you look on the uh, if you, if you look at the shotgun, the base of the shotgun, there's yeah, it looks a like hand had... around okay. the pump. Okay. How's okay. he gonna shoot? All right. Yeah. So even getting that the people would be in each other's way, let's then discuss. If he's punching through a wall, they were just shooting at a wall. Or they were waiting for him to break through the wall because they knew he knew he was coming. They that knew way he was coming through the wall. See that just yeah. then why go through the wall if they know you're coming that way? Because he didn't know they knew he was coming that way. Anyway, anyway, just yeah, okay. That, it's weak. Got it. If you take away the guy, the the gun from the picture, I, th- I think it works a lot better. It's just my opinion. Makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah, it makes does. a lot more sense. That's because right now rocks are hitting in the head. Because that's a really solid stone wall. That's not sheetrock. Yeah, in, in yeah. plaster. That, that that is some that is some deadly shrapnel flying flying toward these gun-toting morons. Yeah, he's busting through a castle or something. So you know, just saying. Artistically, it works. When you start analyzing it, it doesn't. It falls apart, right? right Logically. Artistically, right, right. it's really cool. Uh, that cover was uh, by Raza. Probably don't say it that way, but that is the cover. Uh, written by David F. Walker, who also was the writer of the Power Man and Iron Fist series I loved so much. Uh, but the artist for this series is Nelson Blank, uh, sorry, Blake II. The second. The second. Not, not Junior, mind you. The second. Yeah, it didn't say Junior said the second, so I'm going to go with what they say, because I don't want to be, uh, you know, not going to argue about it. Probably hated being called Junior as a kid. Could be. But, uh, the mini story arc this begins is called Caged Vengeance. Okay, man, you could do better than that. Um, essentially, well, it starts off really nicely, uh, with Luke Cage getting called in to help someone out. And Really nice setup because it's a street. It's you know Luke basically walks in street into, level street level street crime level, stuff, right. right? He walks into a place and you know he's thinking to himself about how you know when this kind of stuff happens they don't call the Avengers they don't call call they don't call Spider Man. Maybe if his numbers in the phone book they would, but when his number is listed, everyone has his number, so they call him to help. Tells the bartender, hey, you know whoever uh, I need to talk to whoever rented your private room, the secret one in the basement. And she's like, oh, hell, Luke. If I had known you were going to be after, I wouldn't have rented him the damn room. You know, so it's one of the things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that room's getting wrecked. Yeah. So he actually gives her his mind that this should cover damages. Goes down there. And it's a great scene, the stuff I love David Walker doing. Uh, well, beats up a bunch of stuff going down the stairs. And the writing is right. Cause as soon as Luke Cage busts in, you know, there's a guy, there's a girl tied to a chair. He has a gun to her head. 
He's like, until I get my money, you know, and, she, and she's yelling like, go away. My boyfriend's going to come and he's going to save me and pay off his debt to get me. So you just go away, Luke Cage. And he's like, oh, hell. All right, let me tell you this. And he, because the guy's like, I want my $5,000. Wait, $5,000? Are you kidding me? All right, look, lady first, lady, your boyfriend skipped town. All right, he's not coming. And you with the gun, he owes you $5,000? That's not, that's not... Take that's someone hostage and money. threaten murder money. You know, that's that's a good amount of money, but it's not this level of money. It's, yeah, yeah, it's it's kneecapping money. Yeah, it's like if I if I'd known that was all, I just would have paid you off myself to save myself the trouble. And he's walking forward, and he's like, "Really?" He's like, "Nah." Then he flicks him in the head, and knocks him out. And then he looks at the girl. And she's like, "Did my boyfriend really skip town?" He's like, "Yeah, he uh, he uh, called your parents and told you what was up, and skipped town, and your parents called me." So at least he told him what was happening, but yeah, you could do better. Yeah, yeah, uh, you, you can't really call him a stand-up guy. Right, exactly. So that's kind of like, if this was a movie, that scene would happen first, and then it would be like opening credits type thing. You know, you show he's a badass, you show what he could do, you show he's a moral code, he's super awesome, and then opening credits. Right. So gotcha. yeah, I liked it. It's a nice opening. Um, the art. Uh, in the book, uh, done by Nelson Blake II, is serviceable. It doesn't didn't grab me. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, it's that's yeah, it's art. Yeah, it's it, a dialogue. The 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 uh, panels are done well enough. And... Yeah, the the character characters stay true to model, but it doesn't have a dynamic oomph it does, to it that makes you yeah, want to keep yeah. going. Yeah, yeah, it 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 never gets sloppy, but it also never pops. Right, like the artist for the old Paramount Artifice book, I think it was Sanders, had this one – Sanderson? Something like that. Had this great, um, gritty street feel to all of his art. Made me want to read it, and it connected. This this art doesn't really connect like the other artists did. Um, it's not bad by any means. I mean, you know. But it's just lacking that oomph, that grab um, to it, which is kind of a shame. The main arc of the book has to deal with uh, Dr. Noah Bernstein. Bernstein? Steen? Either way. Uh, the guy who gave Luke Cage his powers in prison while trying to perfect the super soldier serum, or create a new super soldier serum, um, is dead. And apparently he committed suicide. Uh, so he goes down for the funeral, starts talking with uh, some of his protégés, uh, the doctor's protégés, um, who kind of creep him out a little um, when they refer to keep referring to Luke as a fine specimen, you know, just refer like the Duke is referring to him as a lab experiment, not as a person. Right, right. Um, yeah. The other, the other protege is a, it's a female. And, oh, I could look up her name. I don't care. Um, she actually relates to him more as a person, you know, not like like sorry about that guy. He's actually a really great scientist. He just he looks at everything that way. And apparently that protege has also been used in Dr. Ernest Bernstein's work and trying to, pr- trying to improve upon it. And even used it to help cure his own son's um, debilitating neurological disease that was going to kill him. Um, he was like a vegetable stuck in a chair. Now now the he's a teenager and he's able to walk around and seem like anyone else. Sure, that sounds great. But as they're leaving this other douchebags house uh, and driving away. They talk about how there is a side effect to most people who get the treatment in that it gives them bursts of uncontrollable rage. Um, Ooh, 
That's like, a bad one. It is. Uh, like one of the first guys who received the uh, the serum actually originally was one of Luke Cage's original arch enemies. Uh, same power set, but had just nasty, nasty fits of uncontrollable rage, and that's why he was a supervillain. Um, I wish I remember his name right now. Do, do, do. I can that's okay. Up, that's but it doesn't okay. matter. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. But uh, how how does that relate to this new serum that that uh, that cured this kid's? Well, neurological... that's what they're trying to get. And basically, while they're driving away, the uh, the female doctor is telling him, "I don't think Doctor No would have killed himself. I mean, he has a wife. He was generally happy. He's a respected scientist. It doesn't make any sense to me that he would commit suicide." And I was like, "Yeah, I kind of agree with that." And that's when you know their car gets knocked off the road by a minivan. Um. Jumps out, a bunch of guys in masks jump out of the minivan. Luke starts assaulting them. Like, look, man, you don't assault someone in a minivan. I don't know how things are done down here in New Orleans, but you at least got to have an SUV or something because no one's going to take you seriously. And the masks are a nice touch, but you obviously don't know who you're messing with. Because that, tell you what, give you the first shot before I knock you all out. So the guy reels back and cocks him and, you know, knocks him through a tree. It's like, oh, that actually oh, hurt. Oh, okay. So... He runs up, cocks the guy back, and knocks it almost through his own minivan. Um, while this is going on, they start grabbing the female scientist, trying to capture her. Um, and realizing the fight's not going the bad guy's way, the, the head bad guy in the mask, who was, has the super strength and obviously some sort of invulnerability, uh, gets a weapon from his, from his buddies, uh, some sort of sword that separates into a chain, which is actually able to cut Luke Cage's unbreakable skin. Of course. Which shocks the living hell out of him because nothing's been able to do that. Like, he's fought Thor and that didn't happen type stuff. So that really bu bugs me. It's like, oh, God, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, now, hang on. I mean, it could be some magic thing. Or it could or... be a nano weapon because if it's nano, a nanofilament weapon, yeah. okay, you Shadow know, that, that could cut anything. So, you know. Okay, gotcha. You know, there's always going to be something. There's always, you know, there is something that can break Captain America's shield. There's something that can cut Luke Cage's skin. There's something that can crack Mjolnir. There's always something. Um, but right out of the gate? Yeah, it's one. like you go to that right away. Yeah. Um, Come on, man. And then while he's laying bleeding as the bad guys leave him, um, well, the bad guys are about to cut him up even worse. This mysterious figure in a trench coat jumps out, starts shooting them all up. They run away, and then he rescues him, and... You know, Cage is like, oh, no, who are you? Uh, it's like, hey, don't you recognize your own brother? And uh, it's uh, Mitchell Tanner, who is his older brother, who is a bad nice. guy, who is also dead. Oh. So, happy reunion, funny reunion. Yeah, I think he was probably. also one of the people who had the original serum, I think, which gave you fits of rage. But oh, super. Uh, I think. I'm not sure about that part. So, started out kind of strong, ended kind of, eh, kind of weak to me. Um, not the greatest beginning to the book. Doesn't make me excited to keep reading it, sadly. Um, I, I understand, I understand. Yeah. With everything going on for the book, I don't think this series is going to last very long unless it gets really good real soon. The art doesn't reach out and grab you. The story started out really strong and then just becomes a bunch of tropes. Uh, I mean, maybe David Walker's actually kind of tired of writing Luke Cage. That's what it seems like to me. Um, like, he really liked writing Power Man and Iron Fist. He Like, he loved that gig. And this one, he's like, eh, yeah, I guess I could do that, too. It's a paycheck. 
That's what this feels like. Even the but artists feel like it's a paycheck. Into it, you know, like like a, uh, the the Luke Cage and Iron Fist series was so solid. Right. I mean, you you could you could look at that every week as a writer and go, damn. I yeah, I thought that's, that's the writing a good was super book. strong. And in this, it just just feels uninspired. It feels fo- not quite like he's phoning it in, but like he's just trying to earn a paycheck. And the art looks that way too. And it's just, I don't get a great impression from it. It's kind of a shame. Um, I'm going to have to give a 3 out of 5 to uh, Luke Cage number 1. Starts out neat. It just isn't great. It's just there. You know? It's a shame. Well, uh, I hope that, that, that would be te- Technically, with a, with a new scale, that would be a 2.5. Two 2.5 and a half. Half is average. It started off great, well, ended up poor. No, it average. In the middle. Well, it ends average. So, because it starts oh, out good. Oh, it ends good, average. Oh, yeah, okay. and just ends okay, kind of average. average. Like, yeah, it's a book. Okay. 3 stars. Then, I, I 3 stars. Got it. Yeah. It just feels a little sadder because it starts out so strong. All right. What do we got next? All right. Next up is The Flash number 22. Oh, look at that. Flashing away. Uh, written by Josh Williams. Artist is Howard Porter, who also did the cover. Great artist. Uh, not obviously the same artist who did Flash 21, which we both were very disappointed with last week or a couple weeks yes, ago. Yes, we were. Yeah. This is the button part four. Uh, quick sum up. The uh, I just forgot the name, guy's name. The comedian from Watchmen. His button showed up in Batman's cave. Flash and Batman went to investigate. Craziness ensued. So in this part, they're in what a warp gate, a, the Speed Force. They're using the uh, the treadmill. The what what? The cosmic treadmill? Yeah, they're using the cosmic treadmill. Yeah. Uh, they trying to get back home because it kind of activated itself. They see reverse flash, Thawne, and they're like, oh my gosh, Thawne, you're still alive, but you're going to be dead unless you stop right now. And he's like, you can't stop me, Flash. You're jealous of my good looks and my awesomeness. And there's a great part there, and the Thawne starts taunting Flash, just Flash trying to chase him down to, to save his life. He's like, you know what? I've, I've seen all these possibilities. I have no past and I have no future. I'm already dead. I'm a walking paradox. I don't care what I do. But you know what? I, try, I went and I killed your mom to make you. You know what? I, I think I didn't do good enough. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to kill your mom again, but I'm going to show back up as like one of your family's best friends or something. No, 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 I know what. I'm going to adopt you. I'm going to go back in time to adopt you as a child to raise you right. How, how's that for a plan? Right? And it's like, oh, that's kind of messed up, dude. You need to, you're a little obsessed. Dude, you need a hobby, man. I mean, I mean, not this one. You need another one. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Like macrame or something. It's like, dude, I'm trying try, try to save your life wherever you're going right now. Don't do it. You're gonna die. And you know, Thon lets off a sonic boom snap, messes up the treadmill, and as they're crashing, they keep hearing someone calling Flash, Flash. And Batman's like, just grab onto it, Gra- grab onto the name, uh, and you know, basically like a way out of there. And so Flash is like, I, I know that voice. I know it. It Jay. And then all of a sudden, boom, Jay Garrick's able to burst out of whatever reality he was stuck in, grabs Batman and Flash, and takes him back to Flash's cave. With his, like, with like I still got enough power to it, and he takes him, to, takes him home. Batman's cave. To, bat, to bat, the Batcave. Right, right, right. Okay. Where Thon's body is laying there. You know, it's like where they left her initially. You know, it's the right Batcave at the right time. And immediately, Jay Garrick starts, like, disincorporating, like he can't really hold in this reality. And Flash is like, who are you? He's like, I'm Jay Garrick. I- I'm 
I'm the Flash, an earlier Flash. I'm your friend. Please say you say you remember him. You gotta remember me. I won't be able to hold here. It's like I I don't. What was your name again? I I what was your name? And then he's gone. Because he kept relating to how Flash is able to pull Barry Allen back to this reality by remembering who he was. And but he wasn't able to do it for Jay Garrick. And they make a comment that maybe Flash wasn't the lightning rod he needed. That maybe someone else needs to remember Jay to bring him into this world. And so it's neat seeing Jay Garrick back in the book. It was kind of tragic how he just Flash can't hold the memory to bring him back into this reality. Um, and it finishes up with Thawn going out and saying, Oh, hey, you, I found you. Ah, I knew. Oh, wait, I didn't know it was you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, God. Ah. And then he disintegrates. Which is, so did did they actually show Doctor Manhattan at all, or no? Just okay. They didn't show Doctor Manhattan, but right after that happens, and you see like his body go back to, like where you knew it was going to end up as a cinder in the Batcave. You start. It goes to the Watchmen panel style, and even the the lettering goes to Watchmen style. The way the panels are drawn goes to like a freehand Watchmen style. So it's definite showing that. And it gives a monologue sequence that, if you read Watchmen, very, very obviously is coming from Dr. Manhattan. Um, Because in it, he says... But he doesn't say doopadoo. That would be out of character. It would. But, well, first of all, after it goes to the Watchmen style... You get a scene where Bruce Wayne is, you know, Bruce Waining it, staring out of his window, and it's raining because it's Gotham. And, well, he's not raining. It's just dark. Then you see yeah. the bat signal light up. And while he's looking at the bat signal shine off the clouds, he's remembering his father's words to him. Don't be Batman. Find happiness. You don't have to do this for me or your mother. We want, let the Batman die with me. And he's still staring at the bat signal in the sky. And Alfred actually comes over to him, sir, are, are you going to answer that? And he just keeps looking, and he just looks away. He doesn't move. So maybe his dad did get to him. That's No, he's trying. He's going to try. You know, well, you he's never gonna, know. Yeah. Just, they're obviously yeah. setting something up. Yeah, he's, he's going to try to follow follow his father's wishes. But in the end, they can't take away the bat. The well, bat. Cor- well, hey, they did it once. Commissioner Gordon was Batman for a while. Actually a good run. Controversial, but good. Um, but then, after that, you start seeing a glowing blue hand pick up Comedian's button. And it says, why does my perception of time distress you? Everything is preordained, even my responses. We're all puppets, Lori. I'm just a puppet who can see the strings. Which is from Watchmen. Just, yeah, basically straight out of the Watchmen. When, uh, that, that's when they were on Mars? Yep, that was when they were on Mars. Yep, yep and, he, he, and, and he made that, uh, that giant uh, uh, castle of glass. Yep. Yep, that was cool. But from then you actually get like this sequence of panels where it like shows the button and like zooms in on the blood spatter, then it zooms out from the red of that, and it becomes like the red of the S and it turns into the S on Superman's chest. Um, which then leads into a preview of Doomsday Clock with by Jeff Johns, Gary Rankin, Brad Arneson, November twenty seventeen. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. So this thing was all leading into I guess a big Superman. Thing. Anytime they say Doomsday and show through an S, you gotta think, well, is Doomsday actually gonna be coming back again? Or are they just like saying Doomsday? Who knows? Uh, but you, they've already started to show like preview images of that, 
where it shows like the clock from the Watchmen, that clock yep. symbol, black with the yellow hands. But the 12 instead of a dot is a Superman symbol. Mm, okay. And that's probably relating back to all the Superman stuff that happened when they with Mixelplik when they were talking about how the universes were colliding. Because even Mixelplik was talking about how someone else is screwing with all of our realities. Right. And so they're still related to that. So. Okay, we need to prove yeah. that. But this book, I mean, uh, the, the the whole Jay Garrick thing was sad. Uh, pulled at the heartstrings a little bit of, of all of all Flash fans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, this whole button thing, uh, I'm having trouble. From from the jump, I had trouble with it. But from what you're talking about in this book, it's it's more, you know, in the background now. I mean, all yes, this other stuff has is, happened. Why even have the button thing show up? I guess they're going to somehow try. I th- the only reason I can see they had this little miniseries. Um, was one to introduce the idea of putting the Watchmen into the primary DC universe, which is a terrible idea. Um, doesn't matter how well you write it, it's still a terrible idea. The Watchmen have no place being part of DC continuity. I'm sorry. No. no. Um, also, I'm guessing as part of the Doomsday Clock thing, they're sowing doubt into Batman and the Flash through this whole chain of events. Oh, and so that... So the, it... It, it could be that that uh, that uh, enigmatic figure that was in uh, that was in the, the the Superman comic that 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 uh, Mixaplik was referring to that had him trapped for so long. Maybe he's pulling some strings everywhere. Could be yes. Yeah, it could be that. Okay. So, oh, I liked the book. I thought the art was really solid. Um, I thought the writing was highly entertaining. Uh, fun book has a neat lenticular cover, which doesn't work very well, but at least. Because sometimes those lenticular covers are like you move and like, oh, wow, it's awesome. This one's like it's, the images are my really muddy, at least in my copy. It doesn't quite work quite right. Maybe mine wasn't made very well. I don't know. Because my last one with the flash and the Batman and the button thing, that was cool. That worked really well. This one doesn't work too well. Still, it's kind of cool. Gimmick covers are fun if they're not overdone. Right. So, um, but I will give this a four out of five. Really liked okay. it. Not great, not super awesome, but I really enjoyed it. And it does make you interested in, in the doomsday clock scenario coming up. So it's, it's a, it would end up being a really good advertisement for the Superman comic, which is coming in. Yes. But moment. also is entertaining in and of itself with all the stuff going on within it. Cool. Yeah, Cause right. this was kind of like, okay, let's wrap up flashpoint. Right, right, right. Gotcha. That's a lot of what this was. And it was very serviceable in doing that. Because maybe there's arguments right, like, well, our... Watchmen are coming in. Why isn't Flashpoint? Well, because Flashpoint is dead. It's dead now. It's gone. And last. It's like you don't want to talk about Flashpoint. What do you want to talk about? We, we did it a lot before. Superman, number 23. I must have done these out of order somehow. All right. So Superman 23 is written by Patrick Gleason and Peter DeTomasi. Uh, the artist is Jamie Mendoza and Doug Monkey. Uh, you could actually tell pretty strongly when the artist changes. And the cover was done by Ryan Souk. Don't know why they had I, a I, different that, art to the cover, but apparently they did. That looks, that cover looks like it was done by a 13-year-old. Actually, it's really good if you see it in person. Oh, okay. Yeah, it doesn't look as good there, but if you, if you actually have the book, it actually looks really cool. All right, all right. All right. So in this book, um, there's been general craziness ensuing, where. It turns out Superman, or Clark Kent's neighbor, is some sort of crazy, evil-powered dude, and apparently key figures in the small town he lives in 
all are super powered as well. Um, and apparently they're gunning for the Kents, so to speak. They've captured John. Uh, it turns out the, uh, they captured Batman because Batman figured out that the milk they were giving him from their neighbor's farm was laced with something to inhibit his powers, which is why he only had power sometimes, which seemed kind of weak, because the, the milk to grow healthy and strong they were giving him was screwing up his powers. The mayor, the town wait, sheriff, wait. all these Screwing people. Screwing up how? Huh? Uh, inhibiting them, stopping them from developing. Or at oh, least okay. preventing right. him from accessing them. And so basically all these people there are being revealed. And what's weird is they seem like villains, but they're also they're they're in between villains and heroes. They're kind of vigilantish. It seems like they'll have a purpose for their villainy. And they keep telling Super, oh, we're doing this for the good of John. The boss says this is this is for the best for the future. Um Meanwhile, they're also causing like giant squid attacks on people and all these crazy things that have been happening through the comics. Um, and when they're taking out these threats, all of a sudden these guys are showing us like the mayor, even you're part of this. What the hell's going on? And he's trying to stop them. And they're, they're like using lethal force and hurting civilians like this isn't the way we do things. Look, I don't know what the hell's wrong with you people. I don't understand what's going on. You guys have been playing this from the start. We're going to get to the bottom of this. But you like Superman. Yeah, that's true. But when we're taking out these guys, you can't. Be soft. You can't be weak. You got to use maximum force. You know, you got to make it on. You got to break some eggs. He's like, no, it's not the way it's done. And uh, he's found where like Batman, everyone's been kept in these jars full of weird black fluid. And then he hears Lois scream in pain. Uh, whereas he's she's being interrogated by a weird farmer boy, and of course that just sets off his you know his anger. He just Barrels up through the surface of where he was at. Beats the snot of the bad guys. Saves Lois. She ends up getting her leg cut off. It's just a, a oh, mess. Oh, no. And while all this chaos and fires, the town being destroyed is going on, you see that his son, John, is in some underground bunker being forced to watch all this happening over multiple monitors. They won't let him look away. And he's like, why are you doing this? Like, you need to see this. You need to see this. It'll make you, a better, it'll make you a better person. You need to know what's going on. You need to be a better hero. Your father's weak. He's not able to go through what he needs to do to get things done. You know. And okay, so wait, wait, wait. The, the, these guys are the Amanda Waller of, of uh, Superman's kid now? Like, you know, t- teaching him through pain? Of? It's weird. And... And they keep talking about the boss, and they keep doing things. And then at the very last panel, they reveal the guy who's forcing John to watch all this stuff and trying to watch them. But it looks like they're trying to break Superman to make him cross that line where he has to use lethal force. And as they're doing this, because they've taken everything from him, they've, they hurt his wife. I, they cu- Basically, they cost her leg cut off, and he didn't have time to take her to the hospital, so he had to use his heat vision to burn her stump closed. Right? And she's like, you can't take the hospital. you got to save John. We don't have time for this. Do what you have to do. Seal the wound. He's like, God dang it. And he burns her leg shut. And dang, poor Supes. Poor Lois. Poor um, John had to watch that too. Yeah, he had to watch that too. And they don't know where he is. They're still trying to find him. And the last panel reveal is throughout all this, it was someone named Manchester Black making John watch him. Why does that sound familiar? Manchester Black was the leader of the elite. 
a super villain team? They were heroes. Sort of. Manchester Black committed suicide, though, so that's just... But it looks like him. Says it. He says he's Manchester Black. Anyway, um, the Elite were a group of heroes uh, introduced in 2001. Uh, it was a pretty famous storyline. And the Elite were basically a group of super violent heroes. It was almost like a reaction to 90s comic heroes. It's like, who... The Elite was like, look, Superman, you ain't doing what it takes to get rid of crime. You beat up a bad guy, you put him in prison, he's out in a month, causing more problems and hurting people. You kill him, he's done. You have saving lives by killing this idiot. You are helping people by taking this person out permanently. He's like, no, that's wrong. You don't do things that way. And yeah, well, we already had that story in Kingdom Come, where where the where, right. where the people actually found uh, one an up and coming hero not guilty of killing the Joker while he's in custody because the Joker was a menace even when in custody. Right. And, Kingdom Come also don't I, like the kids of supers just being absolute jackasses. Yeah. Yeah. But this was more like these you know extreme heroes were like trying to prove super you know they were just doing things with, you know. Uh, like, hey, man, you don't got to do this. This is how you do it. This is the way to do to save things permanently. And they eventually took to the point where they tried to convince Superman that they were right and his way was wrong. Uh, which you know what? I think... they, they, they had an, uh, an animated movie about they did. this. They did. I and forget. it was The Elite. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And uh, I forget the name of it. I think it was The Elite. No, that wasn't The Elite. I think it was something else. It, it's, it's on Netflix, though, I think. Uh, the Elite appeared in Superman versus the Elite. Yeah. Superman versus the Elite. That's it. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so you could watch uh, the animated version. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. At least it was. So, anyway. In the comics, though, eventually, uh, Mench, he ended up beating the Elite. Eventually. Uh, well, like there was a big fight on Venus and was, and the elite were like broadcasting it to Earth to show them make Superman turn, that even Superman would give up his so-called morals if he had to. And so they set up a situation where he believed like he had to do it to, to like save the Earth or something, and he still wouldn't do it. Right. And he managed to take them all out. And then Manchester Black still wouldn't give it up in the comic books, and he actually set up the, like this big scenario and at the end of the scenario, he realized, because he actually was actually causing people to get hurt and nearly die. I think he actually caused people to die, actually. And he realized, Superman actually made him realize near the end of it that he had become a supervillain by doing all this. With his obsession to make Superman prove that, no, you're right, sometimes I do have to be this way. I will have to be violent and you know, go to that extreme. He was able to show Manchester Black that, look, you have become a villain through this obsession. You are not a hero. And with, the realize that, with that realization, he actually telekinetically like punched himself in the brain and committed suicide. Um, so I don't know yay. what he's doing back in the comics, but then you know, with all the timeline switchers and changers and this happened and this didn't, maybe that part didn't happen. Maybe not. And I, I will tell the folks that the, the Superman vs. the Elite animated movie, which is excellent, I'm sorry to say, is not on streaming for Hulu or Netflix. It is, is on Netflix for DVD only. Ah, bummer. A bummer indeed. But the, uh, yeah, it's a neat series though, or a neat show. 
Uh, I mean, obviously, it was good enough that they actually gave it an, the animated treatment because it was an iconic Superman storyline. Um, it was a big deal yeah. when it came out in yeah. 2001. So anyway, it turns out that whoever the per- people or the person who set up this whole scenario was Manchester Black with the idea of making his Superman flip out while his son watched so his son would be the tough-ass hero his father never could be. Yeah, but the, the, the thing about Superman is that he would never, ever do that. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. That's, that's never going to happen. Like, he's still going to win. Well, I think like the, the plan B is uh, if you can't make Superman flip out and have his kid watch, then at least if his son sees all the chaos and horrible things happening because his father won't go that far... Maybe it'll make him think, well, maybe if I would go that far, this wouldn't have to happen. I think maybe they're hoping for that. Either way, it's a messed up thing to do. And Manchester Black's a jerk. Yeah, it's, it sounds like the, the, the writing and the story in this book is pretty awesome. It is, actually. Um, this has actually been a long build to this as well. Uh, there's been a lot of little hint. There's been a lot of hints throughout throughout all this. And even through the Mixelplex thing, through all this, through basically through Superman Rebirth Issue 1, this has been seeded for two years. Actually, is this every other week? This every other week. So for a year, this has been seeded. So this has been a long payoff to get to this point. So that's... Was it worth it? I think so. It, it wouldn't have worked right. if they had done it really quickly. But I the farmer next door has gone from, oh, he's a helpful, jolly old farmer. Oh, that's a strange thing why he's not completely weirded out by aliens. It's kind of strange that he's not completely weirded out by Swamp Thing showing up. Huh. You know, they've already let you know that there's something off about this guy. And it wasn't until Batman, you know, said, hmm, I need to investigate this guy. Something's wrong with him. And you didn't see him again that you knew, oh, something's really off with this guy. So, uh, yeah, it's been a great buildup. Really intriguing you could tell there are two artists. I'm not sure which artist did which half, but uh, one of these artists was not good, and the other was great. Well, I say one artist was okay, and the other was great. I can't tell okay, you which so, one. So, so you got one utility player, you know? Yeah, it's like the it's well the primary artist. It uh, I should look at the primary, but did most of the book. But there's a few pages, I guess, that he wasn't available or he was on vacation. I don't know. But this other guy did. Maybe his wife went into labor. Who you know, knows? Something. But the other guy came in, did a few pages, and they're not nearly as strong, and you can tell. Uh, but it works well. Uh, there's a lot of chaos going on, but it still remains clear what's happening. Uh, character models are good. Um, the new elite, who I guess these crazy villain vigilantes are, I guess they're the new elite because they're certainly not the original elite. No. Um, are creepy looking honestly and they're not good people but overall really like the book strong story nice payoff at the end when i saw manchester black is like oh no they did not you know because i was pleasantly shocked to see that that's nice. kind of a long game for manchester yeah. black though but hey you know yeah. well hey you know. Maybe, maybe he learned a couple things while being resurrected from dead or maybe after rebirth, he, he didn't commit suicide, but instead stopped him and said, you know what? Maybe there's another approach I could take. Start because some yoga. Because Manchester Black 
did you know, know. Work, work on my chi uh concentrate a little more plan things through stuff like that yeah, and but, boom i'm now leader of my own evil semi-evil organization yeah could be i mean manchester black was uh actually did figure out superman's secret identity so it was very possible so he could have said all he this he was up. never a tool right. yeah yeah so he, he was never a tool yeah right yeah, he could have set all this up because he knew who the Kents were. And he could have known what they were looking for. Like, oh, buy this property. It's perfect for you. You know, he would know what they were looking for. So, interesting. I'll give it a four to five. Very strong book. Not super, super awesome, but very strong. Really enjoyed it. I would have liked to have seen a little more resolution. But great book, four to five for Superman number 23. Outstanding. Yes, outstanding indeed. So let's go to the RNG. We're talking about the random things happening this week. So what hate-filled diatribe do you have this week, Heath the Dog? Oh, open broadcasting system. Ugh. Software? Anyone, yes, the software. Anyone listening to this right now and who, who, watches, uh, who watches our streams would know that for the last two weeks, my streams have sucked. Yeah, you're, been, you've been in Slideshowville. Yes, I've been in Slideshowville. It's been awful. I changed nothing. I don't know what happened, but suddenly... Pfft, Do you know what you should crap. have done? You should have started streaming in black and white and started saying, Oh, my friends, that's another exciting adventure in space. That's, that's right. I could have been. Captain Proton is coming to you live. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You could have done Captain Proton. Oh, that would have been brilliant. That would have been great. But, oh, my God. It wasn't until the last half of my last stream to where I changed a setting that every single YouTuber, every single guide, every single thing said never, ever touch. I changed that, and then boom, I'm playing a game and instead of instead of flipping through our freaking... And what setting was this? This was the, uh, the, uh, the, the encoding. I, I went from CPU encoding to GPU encoding. Oh, why would you ever use CPU encoding? I always use GPU. Okay, no, every single, every, look it up, man. Everyone says never touch that. Well, they're stupid then. Yes. And I, I, it was so bad that halfway through, I went and doubled my RAM on my rig. I remember, yeah, you told me about that. Yes, I doubled the RAM on my rig. It did nothing. Nothing. I overclocked my rig. Nothing. Still a slideshow. And then finally I get it fixed. I'm like, all right. I did a whole bunch of tests on this site. Uh, Maxia was a little, was a little upset because I was, I was, I was bumping up, up, up all of our auto hosters, but uh, I did a whole bunch of tests, finally got it down. And then OBS update number uh, version 19 comes out. I say, Hey, great. I download it. It says, Hey, we have in beta a tool that will look, that will look at your, your, your internet connection, your your best server, to your 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 best twist your your best Twitch server, and your rig, and figure out the exact settings you need for the best streaming experience. I'm like, damn man, that's for me, and I did it, and I thought it was great. I'm like, all right, let's do this. Boom, I did it, and then I click start streaming, and OBS crashed. Are you serious? I am serious. I, I reopened OBS. I clicked on start recording. OBS crashed. Uh, I can tell you that I went through it. I went through its recommended things, and it started up fine. Okay. So 
I decided, you know what, I'm going to go on the official OBS forums and see what's happening. And the front page of the forums littered with version 19 crashes. Littered. Apparently, if you have a certain kind of setup or a, a, cer a certain kind of motherboard or a certain kind of this, it's still got the, the, the even the, 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 dev the developers came in on the forums and said, okay, this is a known problem. We're trying to fix it. Okay, I have I am AMD. Okay, I have a, I have an I have an FX eighty three fifty chip. I have uh, I have a, an Asus motherboard. I have a Radeon uh, video card. I am a, I am I am AMD'd up. Now apparently, people who are all all Intel'd up have no problem whatsoever. Yay! Which is I'm apparently thinking you. Yep. Yes, and 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 Max Liao as well. He is all he's all Intel'd up. But if it, but if if you're if you're have a AMD deal, then you are hurting with 19. I had to uninstall 19. I had to manually delete all of the file folders. I had to go in with CC Cleaner and destroy all of the re uh, registry entries, reinstall 18, and then it worked again. But now I had a problem to where on my OBS screen it looks fine, on the game it looks fine, but on on the stream, everything has like a brightness of minus 30%. I'm like, what the what? That's why that that's why this this program started late. I was on for hours trying to, to trying to fix this problem. I was I was I was go, going to uh, I was uh, just setting up uh, uh, Chromo filters on the on the game capture to lighten the game capture and then compare it to someone watching the stream to to see when uh, when the lightness can stop like how how bright do i have to make it to make it to where it looks like i'm looking at the game and that that's when you called me and said hey uh Ethan dog uh we're already a minute late and i freaked out because i completely forgot because i was all in my own head and that was that was the whole thing i still haven't figured that out i'm gonna do that tonight on my own on my own twitch page so max Liao can be all you know can not, be angry not, at yeah yeah not all angry normal things he's angry at. yeah 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 no uh, yeah he can be angry about all the normal things but not about this doing my own stream so i'm gonna i'm gonna do that so mo when monday comes around you are going to have an actual beautiful experience with star trek online and buck fats mccool but it has been a long road my friends my the last time i streamed i swear to god i said if this if this doesn't work i'm not i'm never streaming again i'm only i'm only recording to youtube this is ridiculous. I, I was I was at the point where I was going to throw my computer out the window. It that that thought crossed my mind. It would have solved anything, but it would have made you feel nice. No, no, no. It it would have solved the streaming problem. I could no longer stream. It would have solved that, that problem. <laughs> yeah, it would have definitely solved that problem. But yes, that that is my my uh, my my little RNG my little RNG uh, nugget for for today obs has been my bane for almost three weeks now it's and it's only i i can only just now see the light at the end of the tunnel and i'm hoping it's not a train wow that's like that's really a shame yes let's see what i've been doing this i've been working a lot this week um, yes you've been you were working 12s and driving two hours there two hours back from jobs yeah. it's been crazy for you yes it has been entertaining to say the least. Um, I did try and sneak in some time to play a console game. I've been going 
through my entire vast library of games alphabetically. Um, and I was playing, well, attempted to play a bit of Assassin's Creed 3 for in like the 30 minute chunks I had, you know, before going to bed. And I have determined that Assassin's Creed 3 is a very boring and stupid game, and I'm not going to play it. Okay. Alright, I played Assassin's Creed 1 on the PC, and it's a neat game. Um, I liked the storyline. It was cheesy, but it was fun. I liked the way the action worked. The combat was okay. Um, everything worked very, very well. Um, Assassin's Creed 2, I also got on PC, because uh, it was on sale on Steam. And I barely made it past the tutorial in that game because they're like, wait, I need money to buy things now? I have to loot bodies? I have to craft things? What the hell? This isn't Assassin's Creed. This is, you know, I didn't, I'm not, a, I'm an assassin. Not, I don't want to macrame myself a new suit. This is freaking stupid. Um, I shouldn't be having to worry about going out and buying a new sword or something. It, I should be able to kill someone and take theirs. Ugh. Or I should be like, oh, you have been, like in the first game, as you became a, uh, a better assassin going through the ranks, they gave you better weapons. Like, oh, you're now been approved for this weapon. I don't know why they didn't keep that system. Instead of, because basically, when you're putting in a money system like that, what you're essentially saying is the same thing. After you go find us in the game, we assume you accumulate this amount of money, we assume you'll be able to get this weapon. Why not just give me the weapon? You know, it doesn't make sense. And the plot I thought I didn't like, it just, it took a good formula and screwed with it to it, to it didn't like it. But the third one is even worse in the in a way because the stealth missions were terrible. You have no idea if they could see you or not. And sometimes they can see you, and sometimes they can't, and even though you're in the same position through multiple tries. Um, it just it, it's a ridiculous game. The combat is clunky; it never flows right. Um, you never, I never feel like I'm an assassin. I feel like I'm a thug who can assassinate one person, maybe, and then I'm going to have to go and get in a street fight with 30 guys. You know, I'm sure that if I went through a walkthrough, there's actually a way to do these, a uh, one way to do these missions. And you can't call a game open world like Deus Ex. You could, if there's only one way to do it, right? Right. There's one way to do it and to do it right. Like, cause it's like, cause you have mission objectives, Right. Like, second objectives, don't be seen, or assassinate two guys and not be seen by the rest. Okay, if you don't do that, you still pass the mission, you just don't get the secondaries. There's only one way to do all the secondaries. In Deus Ex, there are multiple ways to get through everything. It's an open-world game. You know, in even Grand Theft Auto, which is an open-world game, there are multiple ways to do things. There's a couple, you know, there, I'm not going to say every mission's like, there are missions where are very specific, you have to stay in the car and drive a certain route. But usually you have to get from point A to B. You can get there any way you want. In this, no. You're doing it their way, or you do not get full marks. Um, so I just did not dig the game. The clomp was too clunky. The stealth system sucked. And unlike the other game, which felt very open world, like one felt very open world. It's like, hey, here's a mission, but then you're going around doing all this other stuff. You can explore the cities. In this one, it's like, if you take a mission and then try and explore the city in the middle of the mission, even though you don't have a time limit, it'll it'll say you fail the mission because you went out of the area. It's like, whoa, whoa, what area? It's open world, I thought. But no, once you start a mission, buddy, uh-uh. 
So it's just, ah, it's a clunky system. Didn't like it. Bad game. And that's why if you go to any used game store, you could buy it for $3 or less because it's crap. And they sold a million copies of it. So that's another surprise. So it's kind of like Madden games. They sell millions of copies every year. And so you could buy them for like a buck. You know, a lot of places will sell you two for a dollar because they're tired of getting them a trade. They just have them. They're coasters. So uh, Assassin's Creed 3, don't buy it. It's an old game. Even if it's on sale for on Steam, don't buy it. Okay. Just great. saying. Oh, oh, and I have another RNG. Uh, this is for uh, anyone uh, listening who uh, who hopefully still watches the my, my STO stream because I swear to God, it's going to be better now. I swear to God. Please, 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 please watch. But uh, after I have finished all the content, I have decided on a new game. Wait, what? Yes, after I finish all of the current uh, Star Trek Online content with Buck Fats McCool, I will be uh, not retiring, but setting him aside. Until weekly missions come out or something? Uh, no, uh, un- un- until the, the, uh, the uh, content, you know, gets gets more robust you know i reached the end of the content i'm going to wait till there's much more content then do it again but uh after i reach the end of the current content i will be playing a different game what game will that be oh this one's good you're gonna you're gonna like this everyone here is gonna like this or they're going to hate it starcraft 2 yes Eh? starcraft 2 I haven't played this thing. This thing came out in, uh, what was it, 2010? I played the first part. Yes, 2010. So I haven't played it since it came out, so seven years. And they've had two expansions since then. Yes, they have. I have, no, they have three, actually. They have a third one that I haven't bought. But I I have, uh, I have three of the four expansions. And uh, if it's popular enough, I'll I'll continue through the expansions, obviously. But... uh, um, and I'm going to tell everyone up front that I am not a professional player. Obviously, I'm over 40 years old. I am not competitive. But the, the special part of the, of the StarCraft game is that I will, I will ask the viewers, what kind of build do you want me to do? I mean, do you want me to turtle? Do you want me to... Do you want me to uh, ABC always be, you know, I'm sorry, not ABC, but you know, ABA always be attacking, you know, like like rushes, stuff like that. Or do you want me to, you know, get 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 uh, secondary bases right off the bat, you know, stuff like that. I mean, I'm, I'm going to engage the audience in in the gameplay so they have a hand in in how the whole scenario evolves and they 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 they, they can, you know, take blame if if I die and take credit if I live. That sounds good. But yeah. I have a I have a suggestion though. Shoot. Age of Empires 1. Age of Empires 1. Yeah. Why is that? Cuz I like that game. Okay. Cuz you like that game. Okay. Well. No, I, honestly, uh it's not it would not be the great the best choice. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, I obviously I own, you know, StarCraft 2 and and two of the expansions for it so duh so a great you know, choice it's easy now, this could be really interesting yeah. i'm excited interested in seeing it i will miss and it. and you know what uh, starcraft 2 wings of liberty you know the what, what i have is uh 
it has a really great story. It, it's, it's got great cinematic cutscenes. It has a it, it has a, a a great story arc to it. So I, I think uh, watching it is is going to be you know fun. I mean, uh, the half of it is just watching the story unfold. The the other half is the actual gameplay. But you know that sometimes even takes a back seat to all of the all of the uh, uh, meta stuff that that's going on around you. Like as you are progressing through the game, uh, that you actually can can watch the uh, the the future version of CNN, you know, uh, change from a a perfect propaganda machine to a falling apart regime type thing. It's really, it's really cool to, you know, to, to watch that progress. And I, I thought, I thought people would appreciate that. So. No, that sounds good. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Excellent thought. I had nothing else to say about that really. All right. Well then that's it, man. We're done. We had, we had a good run. Uh, we did have a good run, but this is our last episode. Wait, no, it's uh, not. We're done. No. Oh, wait, no, no. Good, good run for today. We're still having a good run. For now. <laughs> it's like, wow, I didn't know we were ending the series. That's like a special number. Is 112 a good number to end on? I wasn't aware of that. Yes, yes. From now on, uh, every every Saturday at, uh, at 8 p.m. Central, you are going to get a uh, civil defense... Uh, logo and uh tone for an hour and a half i thought it'd be we'd be doing civil defense warnings and stuff remember kids it's always important to have water in case charlie i suggest the reds attack tonight yes and remember duck and cover duck and cover and bring your dehydrated spaghetti down into the shelter with you make sure to share for them yes and and if 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 the ruskies fire off a nuclear attack remember your desk is great cover how is the sound? Have you ever actually gone and watched those old videos? Yes, they actually have a video where where someone covers themselves. They're in a park. Newspaper. And they 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 they, they cover themselves with either their newspaper or their uh, their picnic blanket, and they freaking survive. No, there's both of that. <laughs> it, it, there's actually yes, there's both that happening. Like a guy crazy. jumps out, and puts his newspaper from the kids get another picnic blanket. It's like, oh come on. Exactly uh, right. I know. I know. But they, well, they actually, wanted they, they wanted to get people the illusion of of they could do something about it. Well, if you're so they wouldn't far panic. enough away, actually, I'm not. You have to be pretty dang far. But covering yourself up will will stop like radioactive debris from physically falling on you. I'm talking like dust and like burning moats. That'll stop that from Yeah, but you also volume. have to not breathe it in, too. You have to yeah, cover your mouth you know, with something, too. Well, I mean, picnic yeah, blanket yeah. would be better than newspaper in that case. But, you know, yeah. Uh, I would agree. You know, you know, lay down or put a paper bag over your head or something, you know. Yeah, yeah that'll uh, work out. Yeah, that'll work out just great. There's actually, along those lines, um, in my school, in high school, um, they actually had the old like 1970s, 1960s fallout shelter signs up, and they were rusted, you know, disused. Uh, the buildings have been remodeled since then. But I was the head of the set crew for the theater, uh, so we actually ended up working a lot of late nights in the theater, uh, building sets, getting things done, painting, and it got to the point because I was head of the set crew for two and a half years, uh, two years, that the theater teacher would give me keys to the school 
right? Like at five o'clock, he'd be like, well, I got things to do. Are you going to finish this up tonight? We'll probably be up to about eight or nine. He's like, all right, here you go, Alex. He hands you this big rack of keys. So I was trusted with keys to the school. Now, I'm going to say, we never did anything crazy. You know, we never ran around like, woo, you know. But me and my friends would actually start exploring the theater. Like, we'd go through the vents, through the ducts, start opening all the security doors, go in every little nook and cranny of this place. I, there was one time we went, we would go under the giant vents under the stage, and we started following the vents and crawling through them, right? And we actually found, like at the end of some of these vents, I don't know how long we were crawling through these things, we would actually find, like people had written their names inside, like the ends of these vents at, where the ducks would come out and other places, you know, just the most obscure things. But we'd find people sign their names, like, you know, like Billy Johnson, 72, right? And I was like, man, we're not the first people to start to do this. It was kind of neat. Wow, that's cool. But the neatest thing was we actually found an old trap door. It had a padlock on it. So we came back to that place with a set of bolt cutters, opened it up. Because it was an old rusted padlock. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was not up to modern standards. Yes. We busted open. We go in. It was the fallout shelter. It was big. Not huge, but it was pretty big. It, you could hold 100 people, we're guessing. There were barrels of water with uh, U.S. government labels on them. There were uh, K rations from World War II. You know, all this stuff. It's like, oh, man. It was the neatest thing to see because it's this little time capsule. We're guessing they put it there when the school was built and it was forgotten about, you know, after the uh, the civil defense program died. And so you, we actually had we actually had to tell the school about it and they ended up sealing it off, bastards. But uh, and they also what, had, had to tell the school about it. Why? Why did you have to do that? Well, we didn't tell them. Uh, a couple guys in the group who found it had loose lips, told other people. Word got around to the teachers, which got to the principal. And then that's how it got sealed up. Damn it. Yeah, because we wanted to bring girls down there. But it was so hard to get to. You know, we'd be like, hey, why don't you come with me over here through this series of vents and tunnels uh, to a place we're not supposed to be, you know. To, to hey, lady, look. Hey, you know there what? Are benches. To, to, to the right to, to the right kind of girl, that's uh, that's ambrosia. Yeah, that's where they're not going to find you, certainly. But it was neat to find. I think they actually, they might have been an article in the paper, like a little like a one paragraph thing. But uh, they ended up cleaning it out apparently and sealing it. But that was pretty oh, neat. So I always wonder, looking at old buildings that have some rusted out fallout shelter sign on, like is that actually still in there? You know, it probably is. Just you know, they they, they just stopped people from being able to get in but it's probably still there i mean they're not going to fill it with concrete that's too expensive yeah they some just, yeah some of them are still there some of them might have got turned into office space you know who knows but some of them especially like going around dc or something you know those are still there those yeah. in dc depending are probably still maintained actually well anyway, that's just a an old random story from ye old past Anything else you would like to add to the dog? Any words of wisdom for the youth today? Words of wisdom for the youth today. Okay, well, uh, words of wisdom for the people in their 20s. For, no, for the heterosexual males in their 20s. Not a lot of those left. I want you, not, not a lot of those left, but okay. Uh, here you go. Um, you 
are striking out with the ladies. Okay, it happens. Everyone goes through the dry spell. It's understandable. This is what you do. You go to a bar. Not into the bar because most bars you can't you can't smoke in anymore. So you you go to, you know, the smoking area outside the bar. You find a girl who's smoking, drinking, and has visible tattoos. She has made several bad choices. Why not one more? This one more is you. You're going to be fine. Hit on her. I can't argue with this. No. Statistically speaking, even if you're in high school, the girls who smoke are the ones most likely to uh, engage in other activities. Yes. Yes, but I, I, like I decided that. to go. I decided to go completely legal with the whole like drinking thing. Like I'm you're not, at a bar. Yeah, yeah, that's different. You're smoking. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You're at a bar. You're smoking. You have a visible tattoo. You're a girl. You've made bad choices. You're going to make another one. And why not you? The key, of course, is not to actually be nice to them. Yes, yes. The 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 the, the uh, key, of course, is to be nice to her friend. You'd be you nice know, to her friend. You are full of advice that would probably work, but it's actually pretty mean. Just so you know. No, it is mean. It is mean. Yes, yes. You 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 strike up a conversation with the girl you want to bed, her friend. You strike up a conversation with her friend. You be nice to her. And then during this during this little interlude with her friend, you break off for a second. You look at her, you compliment something of her. And then go back to her friend. You're the going to go home. This video are those the individual host or commentator <laughs> and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the of our station. You're going to go. You're, you're going to go home with that girl. Okay, I'm sorry. That's just the way it works. You're going to yeah, go home with that you girl. You are probably right. On. But we will end it with that piece of advice. Thank you, Heathen Dog. Uh, we hope to see you next week. Hope to see your streams throughout the week. Hope everything's going well for you. But now, my friend. It is time to hit the theme music. It is time to say goodbye. If you have any constructive comments or suggestions, please let us know on the internet at our reddit.com slash r slash myth on facebook.com slash myth. On our YouTube channel, you can let a comment on this video. Let us know what you're thinking. Any suggestions to improve it, let us know. Also, you can let us know on Twitter and at Legion Myth or through Twitch, where you could be watching this live right now. Every Saturday, you could engage with the Heathen Dog and the Garthon. You can check out the audio version of this podcast on iTunes, on Player FM, Stitcher, tune in, or download it directly from the Legion Myth website. If you want to support Legion Myth, you can look cool and impress your friends, or gain new ones by wearing Legion Myth swag from shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion Myth, or a direct support through patreon.com slash Legion of Myth. We, of course, love all of our Legion, all of our Patreon supporters, and thank you from the bottoms of our black Legion Myth hearts. Do you have any final words of wisdom, Heathen Dog? Final words of wisdom. Okay. Um, okay, here you go. Final words of wisdom from Heathen Dog. Heathen Dogma, here you go. Do not dress like you feel. Dress like people, like, like, like you think people want you to dress, and then wow them when you speak. That's it. All right, thank you're you. not going to get it. No, 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 no. You're not going to get it right now. When you do it, you're going to get it. 
Alright, we'd also like to thank our specific Patreon supporters of Hicks206, Elgarian, Alan51, Baldahar, and Heathen Dog. And remember, you have one life. Live it well, live it nerdy, and have a great Daryl and Novel.